The Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast, brought to you by Team Link Hookset New Hampshire. You can check them out on the web at teamlinkhooksetnh.com, or you can call them at 603-641-3444. I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years, I've been training at Team Link and Hookset. I can tell you that they're one of the best places I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instruction there. There's no meatheads. Everyone there is there to help you get better at whatever it is that you're trying to get better at, whether it be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, karate, kickboxing, boxing, uh, mixed martial arts, whatever it is that you're looking to train in, they can help you get better. So go down there and visit Ed Carr. Tell him that the Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast sent you, and they will give you 30 days free, and uh, that's it. Over and out. The Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast is also brought to you by Pizza 911. Their website is pizza911nh.com, and their number is 603-625-2201. They were voted the best pizza in Manchester by the Hippo Press Magazine. Uh, it's great pizza. I eat it all the time. Uh, they provide us with food every Sunday when we do the podcast, and uh, we get a pizza every week from them. Um, they're great folks over there. John, the owner, is a really good dude and uh, has really done a lot to help out the community as well as being a, a great pizza place. But, you know, if you want good pizza, go there, and uh, they will hook you up with good pizza. If you tell them the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast sent you, they will give you a free order of breadsticks with your order. So, uh, again, it's uh, www.pizza911nh.com. And also, their phone number is 603-625-2201. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties, I am here uh, at the Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast. I am here with Miss Amanda Bolden, our state representative, one of our many state representatives. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, her work in uh, state legislature and uh, some of the charity work that she does and maybe dip into some of the comedy that she's done in the past. <laughs> Because uh, that's how I know her from. I, I met her from the uh, from Laugh Free or Die, the show that I've been hosting for the last seven years, which I don't host anymore. <sighs> it feels weird to say that. Uh, but hello. Hello, Amanda. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm not good at saying hello. Oh, all right. Like I, I had a job um, a few years ago where I had to say hello about 40 times a day. Um, sometimes 60 times a day. And I got so many how are you's that I couldn't answer it anymore. So now people ask how are you and I say weird stuff like normal or average. And then we just end up talking about that. Hey, didn't you have a joke about that? I don't know. Didn't you have a joke about, uh, maybe that's somebody else's joke. There was, a, there was somebody who had a joke about working at a kiosk. <laughs> oh. 
and being, oh no, it was a, oh, doesn't no, I remember, Gary I remember, Peterson owns, or he used to work at the, um, Phantom Gourmet gift card place. I know yeah, because. Yeah, yeah, he does, he doesn't anymore. It was next think. to mine. Oh really? Yeah, in the same And you mall. get to see him? Did you um, get to see no, Gary Peterson? Only when he was setting it up, but oh. he hired really weird people. Yeah, I think he hired a lot of comedians. Because he approached me about like who could I get for <laughs> could I get to do it? And it was the money he was offering. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> well it might be under the table, you never know. Oh, maybe. Most kiosks so, are. There was somebody that had, uh, I can't remember who it was. I feel like it's somebody that doesn't come around anymore or hasn't been around. Or it's, it's, I feel like it's an old joke. It was a joke that uh, when somebody in the, uh, somebody would ask them, um, oh, God, this is a terrible story. <laughs> it's a terrible story. It was it was, it was, no, no, it was a, somebody, the person would ask them. I remember that it was, it was, it was December. A, it was a telephone kiosk person. They would go, hey, have you, uh, would you like to check out, who's your, who's your, oh, God. <laughs> Start the show over. Hit yeah, pause. Forget it. Forget it. The joke's terrible. I mean, the joke's good. My, uh, my rendition of it, is, which didn't exist. I just, I didn't say anything about it. Well, he he hired this one really weird dude, and um, uh, you know the Facebook memories thing. Yeah. So, uh, just in the last couple of days, my Facebook showed me that, um, I guess like two years ago, around this time of year, I was transcribing my conversations to Facebook with this guy that Gary had hired because they were <laughs> so weird, and uh, there was one point where, like, he would come up to me and he just had this look like. Just Columbine, you know what I mean? Like, like Columbine was how he looked, and um, he was very poorly socially adjusted. And he would come up to me and say, "I like this video game. I like that video game." Like literally, it would just start like that. I like this. I like that. I like that. What do you like to do? And I had been like not talking to him. He just walk up and say that, and and then I go, "Well, I'm a mom, so I drive a minivan." I don't do anything. And like, and then at one point I encouraged him to try to tell a good joke. And he came back with, why did the chicken cross the road? And he was very serious about like delivering that joke. Like he thought it was a new thing. I, I think he had looked up jokes on the internet to come back with jokes for me. It was really weird. And he was just, it was all really, it was really uncomfortable to talk to him, especially because I spent most of the time we were talking, staring at my phone, writing down everything he was saying. I'm so curious. <laughs> I want to talk to Gary Peterson to find out if, because I feel there's a potential that you could have been getting played there. Like it could have been like a comic being, <laughs> doing a really weird, uh, like just entertaining himself. Right. Like doing a really I know strange some character. Do that. <laughs> Because I know comics that do that. Yeah. They do it for the story. They do it to be able to tell it on stage later. Right. You know? Right. So Maybe. it could have been like a really brilliant con. It could have been, it could have been a total nutcase, which it's, it's, it's a, it's <laughs> a 50-50 shot. Yeah. It could have been a total nutcase or he could have, yeah, yeah. Or he could, <laughs> or he could be, uh, just a brilliant comic. What do they call totally the thing with the, with the two circles that overlap? I forgot the word. Oh, Venn diagram. Right. Yeah. 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 Like He's the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It could be a little both. It could be that little right. that piece in the middle that's a little both. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about um, 
let's talk about uh, you're a new legislator, you're a, you're a new state rep, mm-hmm. and tell me a little bit about what it was like uh, to try and get elected and what it's been like since you've been elected. Well, let's see. Um, you know, in other states, I guess, um, when you get elected to the state legislature, which is different from going to Washington, D.C., um, I think... People get confused about this. You know, in some states, weed is legal. In other states, it's not. But federally, it's like totally illegal, right? So we have representatives in D.C. that make laws to control our lives. And then we have representatives at the state level who make laws to control our lives. And so I'm at the state level to control your life. And um, depending on the state that you're in, getting elected to the state legislature is very difficult. In fact, it's probably... New Hampshire might be the least expensive place and the easiest place to get elected. Um, I spent about $1,500. That was too much, really. Um, other people spend maybe around a grand on average, and I know legislators who spent $50 like on a yard sign, and that was it. And the yard sign was kind of just for kicks. So it really ranges here. Um, and uh, it was other people's money that I spent, like people donated to encourage me to be able to buy the supplies that I needed cards to leave on people's doors and flyers and yard signs and stuff like that. Oh, that's great. How did you how did you find the people to, to donate the money? I have a big social reach, so I just posted about it on Facebook and like I put up a, a website. Like you can sign up for a website to collect your donations. And I oh, just yeah. Oh yeah, like like GoFundMe or like that. Yeah, but that. there are some that are specifically for political campaigns. Oh. So I didn't they know because that. by law certain information has to be collected from the from the donor. Um, so those kinds of websites are, are better for that. If you're, if you're going to run for state rep, Nick, gotta raise your money through the right website. Right. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to give financial <laughs> advice. Um, so yeah, so I printed up all this stuff and kind of came up with some talking points, what I'm about and went door to door and shook hands with people and, you know, targeted door knocking. Um, you look at the voter lists, who votes which way and you know who to go and visit and who not to waste your time with. And then, um, I got elected. And that was kind of it. And I wasn't planning on doing anything as a legislator because I saw it as um, <clears throat> basically like a volunteer role or activism. Right, because you don't... you don't. You, they you pay $100 a year. Right. <laughs> and I didn't take the pay. So I get zero. Um, and uh, I just saw it as an opportunity to sit in a chair instead of some jerk sitting there. And, huh. you know, just fill a seat. But then um, a friend of mine talked me into filing some bills... Because well, the kind of uh, we've, we've talked before, and you said that kind of the kind of the rule is the first year as a as a state representative, you just put your head down and you don't say much. Right. You don't you definitely don't introduce any bills. Right. You just kind of observe and take notes and take it in. Yeah. Find out who's in control. Do what they want. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not that's not your mo. <laughs> that's not the path that you went down. Right. So I filed like 10 pieces of legislation (laughs) and um, like one of them was decriminalizing cocaine and another one legalized chemical cremation, um, which is this cremation method that's currently illegal in New Hampshire um, where you could theoretically cremate a body and flush it down the toilet and it wouldn't really affect the environment. Um, Yeah. (laughs) They were all other people's bills that failed. (laughs) Um, in the past, people that, uh, you know, legislators that I liked. Anyway, so I ended up getting rid of most of them after 
some higher ups in the state house who knew me called me and were like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you need to quit this. You can't put in any bills. And they wouldn't take no for an answer. So I settled down on two and they were 911 immunity and Narcan. And, um, so Can you explain both of those. Yeah. Narcan is a medication that, um, is given routinely and has been given routinely for decades to people suffering an opiate induced overdose. And the thing with Narcan is that it's federally regulated so that you can pretty much only get it from a medical professional when you need it. And the downside to that is when you need it, you've got maybe five minutes until brain damage kicks in. And that could be as long as it takes for the medical professional to show up. Mm-hmm. So the Narcan bill aimed to sort of deregulate it at the state level. And this has been happening state by state across the country in recent years. Um, and it aimed to deregulate it at the state level so that people can go to the CVS and get a little Narcan to take home. And, um, unprescribed, prescribed, prescribed, right. (laughs) So, um, a lot of people would react to this and think, so you just, your overdose goes away and then you go, what do you do? You go to the movies or you go do more drugs and it didn't really work like that. The Narcan only works for maybe 20 minutes, an hour. The opiates will work for eight hours. So it's really meant as a bridge to, um, keep you alive until the medical professionals show up. And then the 911 immunity bill provides immunity to um, someone who calls in uh, an overdose. So right now, uh, sorry, rather maybe eight months ago before the law passed, if you were overdosing on opiates or someone you knew that you were with was overdosing and you called 911, you'd be at risk of arrest. Huh. Because you're in possession of an illegal substance. You know, heroin yeah, is yeah, illegal. I, no, no, I understand <laughs> that, but I don't understand why calling uh, calling it in would be would put you Because at the risk. police show up first. Anytime you call 911, the police are going to get there before the ambulance does. That's just how it is. Right. Well, they're just they're out there. Right. Already out there on the street, whereas the ambulance right. is at the firehouse. Right. Whatever. Right. So that makes sense. Uh Okay. So with the 911 immunity now, and until it sunsets in, in, uh, three years or so, um, if you call 911 to report an overdose, you and the person that you're calling for will not be arrested for possession only. Now, if you've got a, uh, prostitution ring going on or human trafficking or like a cocaine lab, then you'll probably get arrested for that, but. Right. I'm sure the police will find a way around that. They're like, oh, you just jaywalked. Let me look in your pockets. Oh, you have drugs. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing is that um, I actually have noticed a huge uptick in the number of people that they're arresting. And I don't know, you know, I'll put on my tinfoil hat and just be paranoid for a second. But sometimes I wonder if the 911 immunity law made a lot of police so mad, maybe police chiefs so mad that they changed the way that they were arresting people so that they could get around it. Because, um, like, if you watch the... um, those Facebook pages like Manchester, uh, Manchester Ink Link and Manchester Happenings Now, the ones in all capital letters. Um, yeah, yeah, I follow that one. They, I don't know the first one that you said. What was the first one? Manchester Ink Link. Manchester Ink Link. Yeah. Okay, I don't know so that one. So they, uh, it, it just seems to me when I read those pages that they're arresting people like in droves now for heroin and for, um, other drugs. And they're usually arresting them when they attempt to sell it. So I, I wonder, I haven't talked to anyone to confirm this, but I wonder if maybe they're mad about this and they're retaliating sort of, or, or maybe just reacting by creating alternative situations in which to 
arrest people. Like maybe incur- maybe they're putting more efforts into, you know, sort of the entrapment. Like um, I want to buy drugs from you. You know, like setting up sting operations so that they can arrest people in different ways when right. they generally couldn't arrest them when they're you know almost dying. Right. Right. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, that, it just that seems like be. it shot up. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, so, uh, tell me, tell me about. Um, let's talk. Let's talk for a minute about shire sharing. Okay. That was a that was a jump. We should, I, yeah. we should talk more about. I'd like to hear more about legislation, but I'm 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 at a, a my my brain is seized up on me for a second. Can you tell me more about? Uh, um, what you're doing in the legislature, other than other than those two bills? Well, what's your like? What's your, like? What's a? How often do you meet? And what's six your, months like, out of the year? Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then um, and what's your kind of day to day? Like, what's your process when you go in there? Well, uh, <clears throat> so there's committee hearings. Um, they get together groups of people to analyze legislation being proposed, and and those groups of people make recommendations on whether to vote for it against it. And that's my favorite place to be. So on Wednesdays, we meet up to actually do the voting, and that's boring and just as painful because it's a big show. Like, everyone sitting in every single chair, except for maybe a few, know exactly how they're going to vote. They're not going to change their minds, but there's this parliamentary procedure, I guess is what you call it. Yeah, Robert's Rules. And, And so people will go up and talk forever and ever about how they want you to vote their way. No one's going to change their mind. So we spend <coughs> maybe six or eight hours on a Wednesday listening to people argue without ever changing anyone's minds. And then we just push the button and vote. I hate it. But the committees are so much fun because you're only dealing with maybe five to 15, 20 people and instead of 400. And um, they're a captive audience. So if you go and you testify... Um, I mean, unless you really drone on and on and the, the chairman shuts it down and like kicks you out, um, you get to argue with people and that's the most fun in the state house. (laughs) So, so I was telling you on Facebook about this one guy, um, Nick Marston. He's a, he's a 75 year old Republican in the state house. And I don't know what city he represents, but he's really fun to talk to. So the days when we vote, I spend a lot of time hanging out in this back room called the ante room because I don't want to sit in my chair and I'll go back in when it's time to vote. When everyone stopped talking, I'll go sit down and vote. And a lot of people hang out back there and I get in these conversations with Dick Marston and he's on the criminal justice committee, which is the committee that continually votes down the decriminalization of marijuana and ruins all of our hopes and dreams um, and, uh, you know, I was talking to him one day about, um, marijuana and I said, you're for gun rights, right? And he's like, absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. NRA, uh, cold dead hands, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so you realize that the people that are opposed to what, what you value argue that because some people use guns inappropriately, no one should be allowed to have them. And he's like, yeah, and screw them and blah, blah, blah. And second amendment. And I'm like, and you realize that it's the same argument against marijuana or any drug is some people use it inappropriately. Therefore, no one should be allowed to have it. And he like doubled back a little on his heels and he goes, so you're saying we should just legalize methamphetamine. And I was like, 
no response. Like, <laughs> I agree completely, but I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> and it's really fun to talk to him because um, he can follow the logic. But when he gets to the end, he's like, fuck, you know, like. Right. And he has to, he has to, he has to stick to his guns that he's, that's. His guns. Yeah. 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 Well, to, not to, not to put a pun on it, but you know, mm. he's got to, he has to, he has to stick to his, you know, he's dug his heels in, he's dug right. his heels in and that's his stance and it's going to take some kind of, I don't know what it would, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take to, for guys like that to, to get over it. Well, that generation will be um, cremated soon. So right, (laughs) we can all move on back to the chemical (laughs) chemical cremation. (laughs) But that's that's the fun in talking to him. Just the other day, we were talking, and I was arguing against arresting drug users. And whatever argument I made, at the end, he's like, "Well, if I follow your logic, we should just legalize prostitution." Like he just always plays the tape all the way to the end, and I love it. And I was like, "Yes," <laughs> because if we do, we'll have decreased STDs. There won't be women that are beaten or raped. Men won't be getting as many STDs. Like the world will be a better place. <laughs> and he's like, "Well," and he can't deal with it. And that's the fun of committee meetings and being able to, like, that's what I love about the state house is that all of these. Old, narrow-minded farts see me as their peer and have to give me the time of day. And they have to spend a few minutes at least being polite and listening to what I'm saying because politeness is really important in the state house. And then I just kind of start yelling about my thing. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I mean, that you're, I mean, you're exactly right. That generation is kind of slowly, slowly fading out. And it's, you know, it's that, you know... It's that Christian, you know, it's that fundamental. Uptight. Yeah, that, Yeah. you know, the thing that, you know. The, we won't t- explain sex to our children, but we'll beat them, that generation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, there's just that, 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 lo- that level of logic or lack of logic mm-hmm. is slowly being phased out. It's funny because I feel like like as a as a as a entity as the human race or I should speak for America because there are many places outside of here that are way that are doing much better than we are <laughs> but I feel like in our country in many ways we're becoming far more intelligent and in many ways we're becoming far stupider <laughs> so I feel like this I feel like there's this gap of you know the people that are intelligent are becoming much more intelligent and getting much more information. You know, you can, <clears throat> you know, there are things that you can do today that 30 years ago required a specialist. You'd have <laughs> to hire someone that went to school for five years, and now you can go on the Internet and learn it in two weeks. Right, like and, if you dislocate your shoulder, you can Google how to just put it back. Right. That's, <laughs> that's an example. But there's a lot of, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, some kind of... Um, like recording, like recording music, you know, if you had a, if you had a, you know, 30 years ago, if you wanted to have a studio, you had to invest, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You had to spend all kinds of time learning how to do it. And now you can go like I have that, that little machine over there. That's a recording studio or a box. <laughs> that's wow. a whole recording. That's what we're recording on right now. That's $10,000 worth of equipment right there in that stupid little box. And I can hook up you know, another 10 microphones to that, and I can record whatever's going on in any room and, you know, make a whole band recording on that little thing that, 
you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a you know a low end one, but <clears throat> just saying, like it's the, it, people are the 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 level of knowledge that we're that we are gaining is being gained at a exponential level, mm-hmm. but the level of stupidity, I feel like the people, uh, you know, like like the Trumpoids. You know, <laughs> like the the people that are just listening to his stupid, you know, harsh um, vernacular and buying into it all. Mm-hmm. It's just the dumbing down of like, yeah, kill, you know, fuck all Muslims. You know, we're going to you know, yeah, make them wear badges or something. Yeah, we're going to make them wear badges. OK. All right. What about the Christian fundamentalist that shot up right. the abortion clinic yesterday? Or two days ago, whenever that was. Do we want all Christians to wear badges? Because I'll tell you what, there's been a lot more people killed by Christian fundamentalists at abortion clinics than there have been killed by uh, any kind of uh, um, people coming in here from the, from another country. Yeah. Uh, you know, any kind National of... National politics are depressing. Like, really depressing. Yeah. Because it's all fake. Yeah. Like, it's all just... Uh, People spewing sound bites that will get them airtime, and that's the thing. Donald Trump, you know, um, Pendulette was on his uh, his show, The Apprentice, right? Yeah, yeah. And they had like some drama on Twitter recently, back and forth. I don't know, but so we know already. Uh, Donald Trump knows how to get on the news. He knows how to create, stir up fake drama to get attention, and you know, he's running for president is like his the, his next new reality show. He doesn't. Yeah, and you know how those reality shows are in the background. Like they'll coach what pe- what they want people to say and encourage them to be a little more over the top than they really would be. Yeah, I don't know. I hate the whole the national politics. That's what makes the state house in New Hampshire so much fun. Is because the people that are in there, by and large, the majority of them have scruples. Like they. There are people a lot like me who just get mad about something and they're like, oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to be in the legislature because I'm going to change this one thing. And then they go in there and they have principles and, you know, they have their idea of how the world should work and they believe that they're good people. And that's like the most important thing. They believe that they're good people. And then you go in there and, and you have you can work with that. Someone who believes that they're a good person, who is committed to doing the right thing, even if they're wrong, but they think it's the right thing. You can work with that. But when you're talking like Donald Trump, I don't know, Hillary Clinton, Obama, um, Chris Christie, whatever, all of these people are seasoned politicians who will say whatever you need to hear to get your vote. And then when they're in the state house, they're going to vote whatever way they need to, to get more support. It's never about the issues. It's all a game of personalities and relationships. So in the state house in New Hampshire, I can go to someone and actually argue the merits of a piece of legislation. I can argue data. I can make emotional appeals, whatever I need to do. Um, and they'll consider it as human beings. But when I go to the Senate, for example, and I've never even like I've shook and I've shaken the governor's hand once ever. Like I've never met her. Right. She's completely inaccessible. But the Senate's only mildly accessible. And even then, when I talk to senators, they're like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you need to hear, Amanda, leave me alone. And they want to go back to their offices and they don't, they don't, they don't want to be talked in anything. They don't care about right or wrong. They're, um, they're just ready to make deals with people too. Right. It's all about getting reelected. And so it's, it's such you a can see how thing. it gets worse the <laughs> higher up the ladder you go, which is why national politics are such a total fucking waste of time. Well, I hope that more people like you, uh, <coughs> you know, join in 
and get elected to to. You know, it only costs two dollars. To to. To file. To file. Yeah. Interesting. And if you don't have two dollars, you can collect a certain number of signatures. And it's a really low number, like twenty signatures or something. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you know like one flop house in your neighborhood, you could probably get all your signatures. Right. I don't know. You're trying to stay hang out at flop houses. Well, I don't know. That's probably more my neighborhood. And I'm already state rep. You can't run where I live. Um, I, I hope more people like you get involved so they can expose the kind of, uh, uh, you know, silliness and hypocrisy that's in politics and hopefully garner more positive change for our country. You know, um, I mean, it's... It's a it's a scary thing today. It's a very weird, it's a very weird world that we're in these days. I don't know that it's any scarier than any other days. I mean, what about the Holocaust? You know, I mean, there's always been some kind of psychopath running government. I think it's just how government is. Yeah, for me, it's just scary in the 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 general public. You know, like um, just the level of. Uh, thought that people put into things <laughs> or lack of thought that people put into things and just you know uh, it, it scares me when we can get half of the population that's behind somebody as <laughs> mental as Trump Donald Trump mm-hmm. that scares me you know that's a scary thing well if it gives you any um, like if it makes you feel better I'm fairly confident that the majority of Trump's voting base has never voted before doesn't know what day they need to vote and will probably forget to go I'm pretty confident <laughs> well, let's hope <laughs> yeah I always I thought Hillary would win yeah I mean that was before Trump showed up but I just assume I mean you know it's like if you were going to put on a big show and I don't know write the history of a nation growing in a more pro- progressive direction you know shaking off the the past of you know slavery and um and, and oppression of certain groups of people how would you follow up a black president you'd probably do that with a woman president mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying illuminati <laughs> i'm just saying like you know for a narrative for a nation i think that hillary makes the most i, I think that's the most likely next president not Trump. That's a. Uh, we already had George W. Bush. Like we went through that phase, that yeah. awkward teenage He's phase. It's dumber, over. D- dumber George W. Trump. George W. Bush. George W. Trump. <laughs> Mix them you just together. start calling the him that. Yeah. George W. Trump. You start calling him George W. Trump. Huge nuclear <laughs> strategy. Yes, right. Strategy. Yes. Strategy. W. Yeah. is my favorite president. Because that was the only well, time... You get more laughs than from him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the only time in my lifetime when uh, people actually hated the president, made fun of him, um, you know, disrespected him, and it's never been the same since. It's sad. Well, there's a lot of people that hate and disrespect Obama. Yeah, but they're racist. Right. But, right. <laughs> not they the same. Him, right. That's not comedy. Right. That's not that's not poking fun at someone right. for it, the well, right it's reasons. Not, they don't have there's no there's they don't have the basis for it. It's like, well, what's your he, he's, he's a Muslim the worst, and his he's wife's the worst, a man. Right. He's the worst president <laughs> in US history. Okay, why is that? Oh, he's a secret Muslim. Okay, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> you're dumb yeah. as a box of rocks and you shouldn't have the, the ability to vote. Right. You're too stupid <laughs> to grasp any. He's a Muslim. Right. He's yeah. a secret Muslim that's hiding it all from us. He hates our country. He's trying to get, you know, they just look at it all. You know, he's trying to get these Syrian refugees in here so they can take over, you know, 
All right. I'm, I can't. I get constantly, you know, it's the good and the bad part of, of like Facebook and being online is you get, you get <laughs> so much more information than you would ever get in your life, but you also get to see how there's people that are in your life that you m- might not find out their crazy inside racist stupidity, but somehow it just pours out on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I keep I keep finding myself getting into these arguments with people, and I have to stop doing it because it's starting to hurt me. <laughs> it's really starting to pain me. Uh, you know, there's just so many dumb people out there. <laughs> that's pretty- what that's what the state house is like. You know, yeah. is there's on one end of the building, there's people yelling and making arguments to people who don't care what they're saying and won't change their minds, and then in the back room, there's a bunch of like weirdos, I think they have. They even made a Facebook group called "The Island of Misfit State Representatives," and they won't let me in it because <laughs> I'm too much of a misfit. You're too misfit. Yes, it's, I'm like a party of one, and they don't trust me. And um, and they sit in the ante room, and you know, and people bring guns to the state house. It's this bizarre a world against carrying a gun in the state house. <laughs> That's well. That's the thing. That's the rules that they make at the beginning of every year. And when the Democrats were in control, they made a rule that you couldn't. And then they lost control this year to the Republicans. So the Republicans made a rule that you could. I think. I don't huh. know. Yeah. Anyone can, or just legislators. Anyone. Weird. Like it's the rules for the property. Huh. Yeah. Maybe they'll make Strange. a Kyle. Like they'll call it Kyle Tasker's law, and it'll you can't smoke weed in the ante room anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kyle Tasker weed law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's if the state house is a super weird place when you really get into all the all the little grooves and cracks of the the social I don't know scene. Yeah, I don't know if I have enough um, of a filter to be able to survive in an environment <laughs> like that. I yeah, think, I, I, I think uh, I think my fuck meter is <laughs> way too high. Like I would go, listen, you fucking. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, put if put, I don't know, I just I think about it and I go, you know, I, I see it as an extension of the stupid political arguments that I get into on Facebook. Yeah, that I need to like cease and desist because it's starting to hurt my, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of why I sit in the ante room because I'll sit in my chair and somebody will go up and argue against like, um, an increased tax on, I don't know, driving your car, and he'll try to tie it into abortion, and I just start sinking into my chair, like, covering my face, like, fuck, get me out of here, you know? And then <laughs> as soon as, and you have to be polite, so as soon as that person shuts up, I jump up out of my chair and say, I have to use the restroom, and I climb over, like, four Republicans. I think one of them's Democrat, whoever blocks me from the aisle. <laughs> and then I go sit in the ante room. It's I a painful place to be. I think that's where I would probably end up most of the time, mm-hmm. is in that, that room, mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's still really fun. Like I said, the the voting days are painful, but the committee rooms are so much fun. Is there a, is there any kind of a uh, a thing where people can go in and like check it out, mm-hmm. and the public come in and like watch the proceedings or? Yep, they have the gallery, so it's above the ante room, directly above it, and uh, uh, you can sit there and be bored out of your mind too, <laughs> listening to people argue to people who won't change their minds. Um, the ante room is closed off. 
So you can't get in past a certain point. Somehow I keep seeing the media in there. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that shit. Huh. But, um, or like lobbyists. The inside scoop. Yeah. But, uh, but you can always like hover by the door to the ante room. Just kind of watch people. You could probably see Kyle from there. You, you definitely smell it. You definitely smell Kyle. You definitely smell Kyle from there. Yeah. There, yeah, definitely. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody listens to this, any legislators listen to this, he might be getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he would be mad if I told everyone or really proud. Like he's, I think he'd be really proud. Like he doesn't give a damn. He's like, like, this big of testicles oh, in the state house. He doesn't care. It's really yeah. funny. And he's like the enemy of everyone. Like the Democrats hate him and the Republicans hate him. He sounds like he's right in the middle there. He has a lot of uh, qualities from both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Libertarian. Yeah. yeah. Is yep. it, would you, would you think, would you quantify him as a libertarian? He's getting there. Yeah. yeah. He gets uh, stuck on a few things. Like, we had a casino bill, and the libertarian argument was that the casino bill was creating a monopoly. The way that the law, the proposed law was written was um, they'd let one casino get a license to operate in the state. And people were like, yeah, that's a monopoly. And monopolies are bad, and government-granted monopolies are, like, super bad. And uh, then everyone else was like, but we're going to have all this tax money, and that's going to be a really good thing, and then we can buy hookers for everybody. Like, I don't know what they're planning to do with the tax money. And, <laughs> it always uh, comes back to hookers. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the sixth, sixth time you brought up hookers since we've been sitting hookers here. Hookers and Kyle sitting Pastor. here for 30 minutes, I, you brought up hookers six times. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a bill um, from my neighbor uh, who's a legislator that's um, to legalize prostitution this year. They're going to start discussing huh. it in January. The New Vegas. Yeah. No, then we can really call it Manch Vegas. Right. Yeah. But we already Vegas. have prostitutes. It's yeah. just, you're not supposed to talk to them right now. Right. But soon. Soon it's okay. Um, yeah. And then like the people on Kelly Ayotte's uh, campaign. I don't know if you, you're probably not plugged in if you remember that. I think it was less than a year ago. Somebody on Kelly Ayotte's campaign got busted with a prostitute. And like that can wah, be an argument wah. for the Republicans to support this bill. It's like when it's legal... They're not going to get busted. It's not going to affect Kelly Ayotte's campaign. You know, she can get reelected. Yeah. Uh, But so the casino bill um, was a monopoly, and Kyle was um, interested in supporting it. Was it a... Was it... Because it would benefit his town. Was was the one person already... Was the one licensed... Those people, were they already selected? Or was it just... Was it just an idea that there would be one license and then people would apply for that license? Or was was it that this one license for this one person? Um, They weren't selected because that would be way too transparent. But they were... The people that were most likely to get the license were heavily involved in trying to pass the bill. Uh. So I, I don't bet, remember exactly I bet, what the I bet, process was. I bet was. Botson and I know a lot of those people. <laughs> you know, we're both uh, Botsa as our as our as our cameraman, and uh, he and I are both heavily involved in the poker community in in New Hampshire and New England. We're talking um, like a big out of state casino. Oh, yeah, hmm. like somebody who's already you know some billions dollar company that's operating in another state wants to expand in New Hampshire. Oh, huh. And the, oh, and the, it was Harris. Do you know this? Do you know this firsthand? I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm pretty sure that's what Jamie was saying before. Was oh. Harris was looking to go into 
take over Rocky. Oh, I really would have thought it would have been Jamie and Dick Antignos kind of behind that whole thing. They're against it because it kicks them out. Hmm. Is there a, a pretty heavy underground poker scene, like illegal poker scene in New Hampshire? There, uh, I mean, there's, uh, it, you know, I, I don't wouldn't call it illegal. I don't, I don't know the legality of it. It's illegal um, unless you're registered and raising money for a charity. They keep, they keep. Yeah, there's it a up. lot of loopholes that I don't. I'm not sure about, but there's a lot of legal poker rooms that you don't really, that you don't really need to go to, you know back rooms anymore because there's a lot of legal poker rooms that are happening these days hmm. um, maybe i don't know the law as well as i thought i did yeah there's one here in manchester there's one in salem um there's, there's but they're for charity they're called charity gaming <clears throat> right yeah but they're but that uh it still plays the same it doesn't right. it doesn't well, people aren't lim- people like, aren't like given a uh like a uh they don't have to go through any kind of uh uh class to go you know right. it's like they have to learn about the charity to come play <laughs> poker it's just a, it's just labeled as a casino it's all done under the guise of the uh, paramutual commission and then it's part of their i think it's 20% of their take has to go or 35% of the the their take has to go to charities and then they get to keep 65% so if you're making you know i mean these casinos are making you know they're making money hand over fist every day um but it's uh, as a poker player, you don't have to go to these, you know, backroom games or you know home games because there's games every day. You can go to Salem, you can go to Seabrook, you can go to Hampton Falls, you can go to mm. right here in Manchester. Um, you know, there's 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 poker rooms all over the place, and they play just like a casino. It's the same exact. I mean, you can't get the stakes that you can get at a casino. Like you can't get, you know, twenty five fifty dollar blind. You know, because People are, you know, there's going to be, you know, $100,000 on the table. Right. <clears throat> so you're but, saying Daniel Negreanu isn't going to visit? Probably not. I just pulled He's a name not, out of my brain. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Canadian, <laughs> right? Yeah, he is a Canadian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Um Probably not. I mean, we've had some, there have been some, there have been some, uh, we've been able to get some kind of uh, famous professional poker players up here. Um, I know there was a couple rooms like right after, um, uh, Greg, Ra- uh, Greg, Ra- Greg, Greg Raymer. Yeah. Right after he won, he won the world series of poker and, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, something like that. But after he won, you know, a couple years after that, I know some of the rooms up here got him up, up here for some games. Um, you know, there's a guy who was a poker dealer down at Salem who made it to the final table last year. Um, at the World Series of Poker, so he, you know, he's kind of a, you know, semi poker celebrity. He's a semi poker celebrity around here. Nobody outside of here probably knows much about who he is, but you know. <clears throat> Anyways, so poker, poker, poker. Um, there's a um, there's a new bar in Concord called Area Twenty Three. It's like uh, way off the beaten path. And the guys that run it are pretty politically involved, um, when they feel like it. And, uh, the, the one guy that runs it, Kevin, he keeps putting, like, he keeps convincing legislators to put in a bill that, and it's a one-liner. He likes one-liner bills. So he's sort of like a lobbyist, but he's not paid. And, and the, one of the bills he keeps putting in is, poker is a game of skill. 
um, because the way that the state laws around gambling are written, they include poker as a game of chance. And that's why you have to go to these specific places who have to go to all this trouble to create their charity-based poker center. Um, and then if, thing, if they change both. it, you could play it in your house for real money, and that wouldn't be illegal where it is right now. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's not... Um that's not a black and white thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's not a it's both. not either a game of skill or a game of uh, Right, it's not uh, Kino. It's yeah. It's it's both. Yeah. You know. Ultimately, it's a game of skill. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the better players are going to win over the long run, but in the short term, you can see all kinds of really messed up results. You can get people that are not good at all that can win a bundle of money at a, you know, a little uh, mm-hmm. one little time here or mm-hmm. there that aren't skilled players because <clears throat> all of the X's and O's can just line up per- perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's, you know, the skill part, it comes in getting your opponents to put their money in wrong to get the, to put their money in with the worst hand, but that doesn't mean it ends up always being the worst hand. You know, right. The worst hand can end up being the best hand right. by the time five cards come out on the mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. You know? Runner, runner. So, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> so in that respect, that's a, it's a game of luck. But in, in, the, in the respect that I got you to put your money in bad, it's a game of skill. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So poker is a game of, of making proper decisions and getting your opponent to do what you want them to do. You want them right. to call, you want them to fold. It sounds like playing poker is a lot like car sales, maybe. So maybe car sales sh- should be illegal, or at least car salesmen should be illegal. Huh. Maybe. I think that's good. What's the luck aspect of car sales? Well, they, you know, you're supposed to <laughs> like talk you- somebody into giving you money, but, like, then they might leave. I don't know. It all sounded good in my head. Oh. <laughs> you sold cars for a minute, didn't you? Yeah, for about a minute. Yeah. yeah. A minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah, three months. I was really bad at it. But I take that as a compliment, like in retrospect. But everything in retrospect is better, right? Yeah. Like everything. Later down the road, you're like, that was a really good yeah. thing that I lost my life. Hindsight is 2020. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, but that sucked Did a lot. Did you sell any cars? I think five. I don't remember. It's starting to go away, my memories from it. Uh. You know, like, like the garbage disposal. Like, I don't need that anymore. Right. Like, that's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's a piece of everything that doesn't need to be in my brain. Anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really sucky because I'm used to being treated with respect and trusted. And people just don't do that if they think you're a car salesman. Yeah, so yeah. it's rough. Yeah. You sold you sold new cars, right? Yeah. And yeah. use. Yeah. Oh, and they use. both. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot, though. Like uh, I'm probably buying my next car on Craigslist. That's where I learned. Yeah, so. <laughs> you won't be buying a car from no. a dealership. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. not happening. I, I have never. Uh, I, well, I take it back. I bought one, but it, it. I only bought one car from a dealership ever, but it happened. My wife bought a new car. Yeah. Is that the Cadillac I saw? No, no, oh. that was uh, that was a private sale. Oh, okay. Um. Um. But it was. Uh, she bought a car from a deal like a brand new car she did the whole when they did the cash for clunkers she traded in her jeep and got this nice new caliber and then in order to buy this house we had to sell a car because we couldn't that having that um mm-hmm. 
against us. We had to get rid of the car, but when we got that, I bought another. We used the, we had, we got a bunch of money for the cash for clunker, so there, there was equity in the car, so we actually made money on, on the car. Wow. <laughs> so I got, a, we got a, a Jeep that I had for, that I just got rid of when I got the Cadillac. Making money on a car, like, doesn't ever happen. No, it was just the way that it, you know, it was just the way that it was how soon, she only had it for like a year. And so, um, we got so much, we got like $12,000 worth of equity in that car from the cash for clunkers. So there was, you know, they gave us like a, there was like a big windfall from this old Jeep that she had. So it was weird that she traded a Jeep to get the caliber and then we got another Jeep out of the deal. But, um. On my way over here, I was thinking about how many Escalades there are in my um, neighborhood. Speaking of Cadillacs. In this neighborhood? In my neighborhood. Oh, in your neighborhood. Like, I live over on, uh, like, uh, Cent- uh, Wilson and, like, Lincoln and Hall. Anyway, uh, across with uh, uh, Central and um, Lake and just bad neighborhood, right? Oh, yeah. That's not, I was going to say. Like, stabbings not... and shootings. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Escalades over there. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> Pimps and drug like, dealers. So there's this <laughs> weird, bizarre intersection where, like, Belmont kind of stops, like, massive basic begins, or I don't even know what's going on. It's this tangle of streets, right? And there's this uh, building that has a big grassy area. Like, there's sort of a cavity or, like, a courtyard. Right. And this little patch of grass is always full of, like, Trash, <laughs> like trash that people have intentionally put there, like tires and sofas, and and usually like a block away, there's a couple of Escalades, and it's a really weird place to live, but I like it. <laughs> so, sounds scary and and fun all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You never know what. Can, look out the window, and you can watch something much more interesting that's on television. I'm right. Sure. I watched all on Netflix. <laughs> I'll right. go for a walk around the neighborhood. <laughs> that's right. So we can, yeah. so we can I really like there. all those murder detective shows, you know. Right. And when you I run out of those, in one of them. Right. right. Yeah, I can just peer through the neighbor's right. window. You don't want to be a. You don't want to be in the first forty-eight. That's the one, <laughs> the one you don't want right. to be in, unless you're unless you're a detective. <coughs> yeah. I feel Definitely. like I, I feel like that's. I would never want to be a cop, but I would love to be a detective. Because I think I would be good at it. No, I think it'd be just as bad. Well, I'm sure you'd, no, no, you'd be I good don't at it for not, sure. But <laughs> I don't think it's just as bad. I think it's a whole different. It's a whole different animal. It's not. It's not the same thing at all. You're just trying to. You're trying to solve a puzzle. That's right, but I'm everyone would be lying to you. That'd be like a sad way to live your life. You're like, what if you go home to your wife and you just think she's lying to you too because everybody always lies to you at your job? You know, no, like that can invade thing. your brain. But that's that's the thing. You become very adept at knowing when somebody's lying to you. I guess so. Yeah. Like that show, uh, Lie to Me. <clears throat> that was a good show. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh. Okay, there's Apparently a, there's it's a, full of shit. Like, oh, is it? <laughs> they have like, this guy's like, oh, I knew you were lying because you touched your elbow and blinked three times and it was all just bullshit. Like it's not a true science. He, there's there's some really good stuff. There's a guy named Joe Navarro who's an FBI profiler, and he's he's written a couple of books. Um, and there's some really good information about finding physical. There are a lot of physical things that people do physically that give away uh, what their true intentions or motives are. 
But I don't know if it, I don't know about scratching the nose, but there's there's a lot of things. I don't know, a lot making of, baseball you know, signals. There's a lot of ringing hands, steepling of hands. Um, you like know, in The Simpsons. Happy, happy feet. What's the um, old man in The Simpsons? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forget. My comedian <laughs> friends are going to hate me because they're all... Mr. They're Burns. All, they're all huge. Mr. Mr. Burns. Burns, that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely evil. I was, at a, I was at a poker game down in Boston on Monday. It was all comedians, and that's all that was on the whole time was Simpsons reruns. They just had, they had a computer hooked up to their TV, and they kept going, put on the next one. <laughs> they go, put on the next... Weird. So. I mean, I know... Yeah. Didn't uh, Conan write for The Simpsons? Um, I he might have. I know he wrote for SNL. Um, yeah, he wrote for SNL. He wrote for Chris Rock. Um, I mean, he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes before he. I mean, he was the guy who was he was the guy who was always in the writing room that they were always like, "Man, you're funny. You should have your own show." And he was like, "Ah, I'm just a writer." And then you know they finally convinced him to do his own talk show. Look at him now. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about my adventure in New York? I, no. I don't go to, even as far as Concord normally. I'm really lazy and I hate traveling. Um, but the the car dealership I worked for sent me to New Jersey, northern New Jersey for training about a, a couple weeks into my uh, time there. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to go to New York City. And I apparently, like, there's guides, like the Louis C.K. Guide to New York. You can find this online. So that's what huh. I did. And I didn't have a lot of time, but I went and ate, I ate a slice of pizza where he does the viewing oh, the show. Oh, and they're going to the show. And then I went down the <laughs> where street. Where the guy flipped, the guy walks by and flips, him, the, flips the camera off. I don't even remember that. I guess I've never yeah, noticed yeah. that. Yeah, um, he's in the, he's in the, you see him, he, he, he looks, he, he looks at the guy that, cause the guy, the guy walks by the camera as he's walking by, they blur it out so you can't see. <laughs> really? It. But yeah, if you, you, watch, you, it you watch it next time, you, next time you see the opening. And then I went to the comedy <laughs> cellar and I watched a comedy show and, um, I got accidentally drunk because they were like, um, you have to buy a certain minimum amount of food and drink here. Like there was a rule. Yeah, that's and, a common thing in comedy clubs. Yeah. It's a very weird. So I spent it all on alcohol, and then I was alone and drunk in New York City in the middle oh, no. of the night. But uh, <laughs> the only comedian that went up there that I'd ever heard of was the really gross guy from 30 Rock. Sure, Judah Freelander? I think so. Yeah, and the, he always wears was, the goofy hats. Right. And he, like, I think his entire bit was just interacting with the audience if i remember and yeah, just did crowd work and it, and it kind of sucked because so i guess the this particular place tends to attract a lot of tourists right so everyone there pretty much was from outside of new york and a lot of them were from outside of the united states and he didn't see anyone else's set before he went on and he was like the next to last comic all night so he was talking to the same people that everyone else had already talked to, asking them the same questions about, so where are you from? And what's that like? And making jokes about it. And it really sucked. Like, oh. It was too bad. <laughs> um, but I could tell he, he was just using it to, I guess, pimp his new book. He wrote a book and he's like going to start book tour soon. And so he just showed up to talk about his book and then talk uh. to the audience and ask some questions we'd all already heard that night. But yeah, I've never seen his stand up. I've never seen his stand-up ever. I know he was a stand-up before he was on. I'm sure he Rock, was, but, yeah. But I've never, 
I've never seen him do it. It's weird that he has that same, he's that same character through whatever he does. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's his character on the show. He was wearing what would seem to be, right. Those goofy, you know, trucker Mm -hmm. hats that have goofy sayings on them. That's his. That's how I recognized him. And I think he'd grown a beard. When he was on stage, but I was sitting in the back of the club because I got there while later. he was on stage. Wow, that'd be amazing. Um, well, <laughs> like no. he got on stage, he didn't have a beard, and then all of a sudden, well, that would know, be a like, show I would go to. He's usually hairless on Thirty Rock, <laughs> right? And so I'm sitting in the back, and there's just this, you know, shadow like a silhouette, and I'm like, I do like a double take, and I'm like, no way! Like I'm really excited because you know I live this sheltered life, and you know, like, like I was riding on the whatever, one of the trains or something in New York, and the guy next to me is telling me how he saw Taylor Swift in New York City once. And like, I told Sophia, because I knew she would get excited, but I'm not used to that, you know? Like, I'm like, hey, that's the mayor! You know, like, that's how I feel in my life. Like, those are the celebrities. Um, but it was pretty neat to see him. And also, there was no photography allowed, and that was really sad. Because oh. that would have made a great picture for Facebook. Yeah, it would have. But Sometimes you just you know, you, so you weren't drunk enough. That's the that's the that's the takeaway take to not that's follow the, the rules. That's right. Yeah. That's the takeaway from this. I'm no crowd tasker. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway from this is you weren't quite drunk enough to take a picture. Right. <laughs> I really wanted to, um, but it was pretty fun and the pizza was really good. And I was I posted on Facebook about how they heated up my pizza before they gave it to me, and then all these New Yorkers that I'm friends with were like, yeah. <laughs> What's a big deal? And I'm like, wow, like I don't heat up my pizza before I give it to me. Like uh. I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> it's just By the way, while we were talking, my wife brought up a pizza and uh you girls can have some of that pizza, you know. We have minors in here. Yeah. It's Amanda's daughter <laughs> Under and, her, 18 and her girls. friend are here and they're <laughs> hanging out quietly in the background. My wife brought up some pizza and I just wanted to let them know. I don't think they heard me. They've ignored, ignored me like like most teenage girls would and should. He's trying to give um, us food. Yes. Whatever. Just don't talk <laughs> yeah, to him. Right. Just don't talk. <laughs> that old dude's trying to give us some pizza. <laughs> what? To the fat one? Yeah. Ah, ew. Don't look at him. <laughs> Isn't he married? Isn't he married? Is he married? Uh, so <laughs> They're only let, nine. <laughs> so let's talk about the last couple of years it's been is i don't know if it's two or three i know it's been two at least but i feel like there might have been a third one <laughs> was it 1923 yeah uh so at least the last two years uh while i've done the uh it's been two because the year before that i didn't have one it's been three comedy shows you're talking about for shire Show? Yeah, yeah it's been three okay the so, first year you so the had... first year i didn't have my i didn't have my uh i didn't ha- i didn't do the um anniversary show maybe yeah because i didn't have it was weird because it was a transition period is when i had we moved from shaskine to the murphys and uh the yeah i remember there was all the drama and, and i was like well then i'm never going to the shaskine and i don't have any reason to feel that way <laughs> i just nah, made a commitment still fuck those guys they're assholes you shouldn't go there anybody that's listening shouldn't go to the shaskine <laughs> yeah those guys are dicks uh it's going to be a long time before I let that go. That's part of the reason why I let the I, I let the show go is because I was harboring such a resentment that I'm, I'm working hard to let it go, and it's easier if I step away from the whole thing. You can it's always leave dog shit on somebody's heart. porch. What is it? You can always leave dog shit on somebody's porch. Yeah, I, it helps. Well, it helps you know deal with your feelings. All right, I, I have two dogs, so that's a possibility. 
Three out of four doctors recommend. Uh, <laughs> nice. Flaming dog trick, yeah. put in the bags, yeah. and then fire. Right. Um, you know, the first year at the Shire Sharing fundraiser, you had um, Matt D. Yes. Who, like, got famous now. And he yeah. was on Conan. Yeah, he was on Conan. He's doing a lot of stuff now. Um, he was doing the... Um, the um, I forget the name of the show now. It was uh, it was Jonathan Katz's new cartoon. Jonathan Katz. He had the show on Comedy Central for a year called Doctor Katz. Um, but he had a new show, and it's called I, I want to call it Talent Bus, but it's not that. It's something else. It might be. It's. Hmm. Hey, you know, look at that! You're my you're my man. But you know what's so exciting about that? Uh, like, so have you seen Mr. Show? On HBO. Yes. So yeah, it's yeah. like how Jack Black was in the background on that show, like dressed up as a farmer, acting like oh, an idiot. Yeah. You know, like way before like School of Rock or Tenacious D, you know, maybe it's daring. But it's well, like, that's new, what makes it exciting. New kind of, it's not Mr. Show, but it's but it's mm-hmm. Dave Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. It's called, uh, you know, something Dave with Bob, and Bob and, or something. something with Bob and yeah. Dave or something like that. I haven't seen it yet, but Mr. Show was brilliant. That was a good show. Uh, so yeah, so he's on that talent bus or whatever it's called, the uh, Doctor Katz, and he's I mean he's doing a lot of things right now. I'm really him. Uh, Jenny Zagrino was was just on. Uh, you know Jenny Z. Is. Oh my no. God, Jenny Z is brilliant, brilliant comic. They say women aren't funny, um, and I have to agree. Hmm. So I don't I don't remember their you names. You haven't seen Jenny Z since then. I mean, here's the thing. There's just not as many. They say women aren't funny, but there just aren't as many women doing comedy. So that's why, you know, it's a hard. It's just it's the same thing for me. It's like women in in mixed martial arts. (laughs) Uh, Women aren't ninjas. Well, there just aren't as many. (laughs) There aren't as many. So the talent pool isn't as great. You know, you have more people doing something. You're going to have a greater talent pool from it. So it doesn't matter if you have, Mm -hmm. you know. If you have, uh, you know, if all of a sudden every woman in the planet started playing football, every woman, you'd start having professional women, professional football leagues because cool. they'd be getting better than men because you're drawing from the entire population, mm-hmm. you know. So when you have, I mean, it's the same thing. With, so with mixed martial arts, there's not, I have a, I have an issue with women in mixed martial arts, not because I'm sexist, but because their 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 breadth you know their depth of their talent pool isn't there you know they don't have as many women there to uh, bring great talent they're not bringing anderson silvas out of you know uh yeah <laughs> i know she's looking at me like i, I have 10 scroll- heads right now i scrolled so, past that on facebook i'm sure at some yeah, point yeah. in my life i mean there's some really good women fighters there are you know but most of them aren't great like you know, there are hundreds of great male fighters. There's only a handful of great women fighters. So you're saying that so, somewhere... So, the same, so it's the same thing with women in comedy. There's just not the... There's not as many. When you go to an open mic, you go to an open mic, and there's 20 guys and two women that are doing comedy. And so, yeah. you know, out of those 20 guys... There's probably only one, one or two <laughs> that are really good comics. Mm-hmm. So when you only have two women, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to get one or two really good comics out of those mm-hmm. two women, <laughs> you know, because there's just not the, 
breadth and the depth of it. Yeah. I say breadth and depth. So, so do you theorize that like somewhere in the world there's some woman that is barefoot in the kitchen making scrambled eggs for her husband, but she's secretly like the next mixed martial arts master. She just hasn't joined a, what do you call them? Gi yet? Gi? A gi? Dojo? A dojo. Okay. A gi is what you wear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a dojo is where you train, yeah. But you're saying like it's inside of someone and she just doesn't know she's pregnant right sure. now. Sure. <laughs> I'm saying that if... So mystical. <laughs> I'm saying that if that the amount of women that... If the amount... If there were an equal amount of women that train mixed martial arts as an equal amount of men, there would be an equal amount of talented women. Hmm. How progressive but just, of you. But there just aren't the amount of women doing it. Yeah. You know? Now, can a, a woman of the same weight class beat a man of the same weight class? I tend to think sometimes, but at a professional level, probably not. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey's the biggest thing since sliced bread. She just lost her title, but she's the biggest thing since sliced bread in women's MMA at the 135-pound division. Could she beat anybody in the top 10 in the male 135-pound division? I highly doubt it. I don't think she would come Why? close Because she's not as talented as them. Okay. And she doesn't have the the brute force. <laughs> I mean, she's men and women are woman. built differently. You know? <laughs> yes, in men some have, regards, certainly. <laughs> men, have, men have, you know, thicker bones. They're... They're denser. They're they're like Cartman, more muscular. Bone. That's right. <laughs> you know, they're just men are just much more powerful. You get two human beings of the same size, a man and a woman, and most of the time, a man is going to be stronger than the woman because that's just the way that they're physically. So you have a lot of interests: poker and mixed martial arts and comedy and Here's, music. Those are them. That's it. Those are my four. That's it. No, those are my four. And that's what I basically plan on covering mostly on this podcast. Those are my four big interests. Comedy, music, mixed martial arts, and poker. poker. Those are In that order? No. Does it change? No, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I guess it would depend on <laughs> the day of the week. <laughs> you know, if I'm getting ready for a poker tournament, that's the most important thing. <laughs> if I'm getting ready for a gig... Uh, Singing in front of people, that's the most important thing. Do you thing. ever use comedy at poker, like, to mess with people? Oh, yeah. Not just, like, naturally in conversation saying well, silly Bob things. Pasta's laughing but... because he's seen me in action hundreds of times. He's seen, me as a, uh, he's seen me as a dealer. He's seen me as a player. He's seen me playing with me. He's seen me when he was dealing to me. He's seen me when I was dealing to him. So he's seen me use it. A lot. <laughs> I use it a lot. And it's mostly silliness. It's mostly just stupidity. I make a lot of silly noises. I tend to... <laughs> what kind of noises? I don't know. Like sound effects know. for the game or like wah-wah? Yes, like that. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I just am silly. Random I'm animal silly. Noises. Yeah, random animal noises. I like the cow a lot. I do the cow a lot. I do that. That's the... Why? I don't know. <laughs> Just, is there like a hand that's called the cow or something? Or no. Like there's yeah, dead I mean, man's I guess hand. That's the, and... I guess that's the ultimate goal is to get people flustered. Mm. You know, because it's a game of chance, purely right. in the eyes of the state. Yeah. 
you might as well be playing slot machine. Yep. That's you get the same effect when you go to the slot machine. Right. They give up more money. They're, the slot machine's like, what was that? And they're a cow in here. And yeah. Interesting. Well, when you ha- when you have uh, when you interject a human being into the decision making process, the game of chance is doesn't that. Right. Negates the whole game of chance. The right. game of chance is there are a certain amount of cards that come out. There's a certain place where the ball lands. There's a certain, uh, there's right. a certain number that the dice roll out. That's all games of chance. Once you interject a human being making decisions, mm-hmm. you can't argue game of chance anymore. Well, I'm making a decision. I don't know if your argument holds up because Kino, you make decisions where to put your little pieces, like what to bet on. And even in, um, What's it, roulette? You make decisions. I think that your argument is not as robust as it could be. Mm. I'm going to defer to you because you're a legislator, so I think that you're, I think that you're, I think your argument skills are probably better than mine right I now. I love arguing. I might have to call you and get, uh, get argument advice from you. <laughs> My wife said I can't buy another iPad. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Amanda, help me. I need this iPad. <laughs> <laughs> she won't be the big spoon. I don't know, like what kinds of things husband and wives argue about. Uh, I don't like being the big spoon. Diapers. Diapers. No, I don't know. We don't argue about diapers. <laughs> we never argue about diapers. Um, oh my God, we're like. Uh, that's it. We're way over wah, time. Wah. Well, uh, <laughs> we're way over our time, but I just want to. I just want to talk about Shire Sheriff for just one second and uh, talk about... We've had 2,000 people Thanksgiving dinner. That's pretty heavy duty. Awesome. <laughs> we can make it quick or, you know, explain. Yeah, uh, give, it, give it the quick... All, just give me the Cliff's Notes. It's all volunteer. All the donations are voluntary. So that means that as opposed to tax funded. And, um, and uh, what else... Um, it's not a bunch of big corporations donating or anything like that. It's your neighbors. It's, you know, you. You donated. I donated. Um, it's just people all over the state who have jobs and go to 95 and take care of the kids, donating cash, um, to help their neighbors. So it's not like, you know, applying, we're not, we don't apply for grants or, um, you know, write AT&T and say, hey, will you give us this or that? Uh, so it's purely like grassroots community sort of charity project. And, um, we assemble bags of groceries for families in need. We buy the groceries. The food isn't donated to us. And then we go out and deliver them to their doors a few days before Thanksgiving so they have time to defrost the turkeys. That's cool. That's the long and short of it. So we raised, I think, around $17,000 this year. Holy shit. That's and, crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. And is there, do you have like a, is there a website that people can go to and check it out? So Shire Sharing was a terrible name because it sounds like, like, it sounds like I'm saying like, thank you or grandfather or something in Chinese. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> what, what word I'm saying. Um, but Shire is the last five letters in New Hampshire, right? New Hampshire. Oh, all right. And, um, <clears throat> and I guess it has something to do with Lord of the Rings. I didn't pick the name. Oh, yes. So the I maybe got tricked into some nerd thing. Ah, you might have been nerd tricked. They yeah, might have, they might clever. have, uh, really? yeah, this is not the name you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, <laughs> Jedi uh, mind tricked you into, into Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings reference That's right. that I have to live with forever. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's shiresharing.org is the website. 
And I don't know, we just revamped our website at the beginning of this year. A volunteer did that. Like the website, like I pay for the cost for the website myself. Um, you know, out of my own paycheck, which are few and far in between lately. <laughs> Cause I decided not to sell my soul to the automobile industry. Um, good for you. Yeah, it's a good way to rationalize quitting your job. Right. I'm a good person. That's <laughs> right. why I did that. That's why I'm poor right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's not a lot on the website right now. Um, there's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash shire sharing, and we have a group. Um, where we talk about stuff also, um, and that's facebook.com slash groups slash Shire Sharing. And I can't even say it. Shire Sharing. No one can say it. I call people and I have to like speak very slowly and clearly before I ask them for something. So we have... You can make a big deal about it and change the name sometime. What would you change it to? Oh, I wouldn't. I don't know. Try I guess. wouldn't have an Just idea. Just pick anything. Shire Sharing. Anything. Uh, anything that's like New Hampshire and charity. Uh, I don't know. New Hampshire Food Bank is taken, just so you know. Right. Uh, don't call it New Horizons. (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. Guess, pick anything. If you could call Shire Sharing anything, what would you call it? Sharing Shire. It's probably easier to say Sharing Shire. Shankar. Shankar. Shia, Shia. I'm Shia, super Shia, sure Shia. that's something in Chinese. A that's Shia, thank Shia. you. Okay, Shia, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. It's I not grandfather? That. No, no. Okay. That's, uh, that's Mandarin for thank you. Yeah. Okay. Shia, Shia. Right, which is not Chinese. No, it's Chinese. It's a, but it's Mandarin's a, it's a dialect different, right? Of, no, it's a dialect of Chinese. Oh. There's Cantonese. There's Mandarin, Cantonese. Oh. And there's Shanghainese. There's a lot of what? different. What? Really? Yeah, there's a lot of different dialects That just Chinese. sounds like a slur. Shang- I think she's Shanghainese. I don't know. Like it sounds like something rude no, to say I about someone. I have a really good friend of mine who is who lived in China for years and and ended up marrying a Chinese woman, brought her back to the United States. And he's so I've I've learned a lot about China just through China, China, China. Have you seen the Trump China video? Yeah. Oh my God. China, China. Oh my God. It it's just sounds funniest, like vagina. Oh my like God. Over it's and the over. funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I have literally peed my pants. Laughing. He was funny for a while until people started. Like supporting him, and then it got sad. Yeah, at first it, it was from, really funny. Then it went from being like entertaining the, to to being like, wait, what? You can't think that. You did you see that. the the night at the Roxbury video of him? No. Where did you go? And it's just him like moving his head like this oh, God. over and over. <laughs> or what is it? Yeah, it's night at the Roxbury. The how yeah, did yeah. the song go? Baby, don't hurt yeah. me no more. And it's just Donald Trump nodding his head. But they have several clips of him nodding his head in different ways, and he's, like, dancing a little. It's really great. Uh, Oh, right. Edit it into the the video. Right. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Once again, Amanda Bolden, legislator, philanthropist. Philanthropist. It's other people's money. It's not my money. Uh, And... uh, and part-time comedian and all-around cool person, Amanda Thanks. Bolden, thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, over and out. <laughs>